Hey, welcome again to another Anime Audio Log podcast. I know it's been the first one we've had in a while, but we figured we'd start the spring with a bang with our new spring season 2014 preview. I'm joined by Kostas. Hey, how you doing? And we're going to walk through the anime we think you'd be interested in. If we don't talk about it, it's probably not interesting enough. <laughs> I mean, let's we'll be just honest. Starting right off, we'll just we'll just we'll just get right to the point here. Uh, so spring if we season. don't like it, yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Why not? There's plenty. Hey, there's plenty of generic stuff. I mean, I mean, we're gonna cut out a lot of the kitty ones. We don't talk about Yu-Gi-Oh or any game. Sadly, that, yeah, sadly, or any game where it involves a top where you have to spin it in a battleground. You know, stuff like that. If it's yeah. a long-running series like Soul Eater or Fairy Tail, we probably, or I guess Soul Eater's done, but Fairy Tail, we're yeah. not going to talk about that. Obviously, no Naruto or Bleach, but, you know, seasonal stuff of the more 10-plus crowd. I think that's fair enough to say. I would say so. So let's start with the first one. The Kawaii Complex Guide to Manners and Hostile Behavior. Hostile in the sense of, like, a hotel that you stay in behavior. Oh, so, yeah. But one thing going for this that I see is Hanakana. Yeah, I'm saying let's yeah, just get it get it right <laughs> off the bat, right? Hanakana is the only thing. So it's about a boy who goes to a school away from his parents, lives in a dorm, has a perverted roommate, and has some girl there that is his crush. And apparently, from what I've seen in the preview and whatnot, it's a bunch of perverted hijinks and misunderstandings. Does that pretty much sum it up? As far as I know, I mean, looking at it, the only thing that may differ it from others is the fact that it's in like a like he's away from his family in a dorm, not so much living at home with his family. That's like the only thing it has going for it that I see. Yeah, I mean, I it looked bland enough that I didn't even bother to look at the manga. Yeah, like that's how generic it seemed to me. So, well, going I, off the title, you'd think it was a light novel. Yeah, but it's actually I, I did I double checked it. Definitely, <laughs> at least from what I can tell, it comes from manga. I may have messed up, and and uh, it may actually be a a light novel. But yeah, it has a light novel esque feel to it. So, things to note, nothing. Generic male student, that's about it. And something to keep in mind, same team that did Blood Lad. So it it definitely has a a group it's going for. All right, next up, what might actually be a crowd favorite this season is uh, Devil... Oh, I'm going to get this wrong here, I apologize. Riddle, Story of the Devil. A bit... Just like first impressions, looking at it, it looks interesting, but it doesn't really... doesn't strike you too much. No, the story is set at a academy, a private girls' boarding school. Yeah, anything that starts off with that is the plot, you know, yeah. trouble. <laughs> the tenth year's cruel gummy class has twelve assassins with their sights on one target. Uh, a recent transfer student is also targeting, but she gradually develops feelings for the guy. It's like really. What kind of scares me is it's almost reverse Stockholm syndrome, and the fact that all right. I, I use that phrase with another anime, too, we'll get to. Oh, oh, yeah, what? go ahead. Um, but it just seems really, really odd that we're stepping, like the realm of fantasy, you have the guy's fantasy of, oh, this girl that's really, really rude to me, she really loves me. And you have that in the Sunday archetype that is ever so popular. But now we have someone who is outright trying to kill you, falls for you. Yeah. It's just, I don't want to say it's troubling, it's just kind of odd, though. Now, the director's done. Sekere, Rokyobu, uh... The not of films. Yeah, so it's not got a lot going for it from that end. Eh, yeah. The, it's going to be popular with select groups, which I guess do make up a very large portion of the market, but... 
Yeah. The manga, say the source material, the manga author also wrote Loveless, Earthian, and Gestalt. So, is what it is. Yeah. Not a real strong start to this preview. (laughs) But hey, next up, we have Knights of Sidonia, which, personally, I'm actually interested in. So this is a giant, giant robot mecha, uh, battle anime. It's, I'll read the description here. It's a thousand years since the Goana, the strange alien race with no known method of communication, destroyed the solar system and Earth in the process. Humanity escapes on seed ships. Sidonia is a seed ship, and it's all about this group of young kids who pilot these giant robots that try to defend the seed ship against the Goana. Uh, it's a longer running manga. I think there's six volumes, seven volumes, somewhere in there. It's actually released in the United States by, I'm going to say this wrong. I just had it not, uh, Starts with a V. Oh crap. Uh, Anyways, there's an American release, Western release, if you want to read it. But it's 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 a definitely combat giant robot show. Yeah. What's kind of what's surprising is the director. I think going from uh, Hyaka Ronan Samurai Girls into Knights of Sidonia, I know there's a huge following in the Western. I know um, Legendus. I know Wendigo. There are quite a few anime bloggers that love Knights of Sidonia to death. But outside of that, I'm actually finding it really, really cool that it's going to be, like, simul-streamed on Netflix. Yeah, I think that's the real key to this, is that yeah. in addition, it's full CG. In addition to being streamed, yeah, in Japanese TV stations, it's going to be simul-streamed on Netflix, which gives it a huge opportunity for people to connect to it that otherwise would not have, or did not have the legal means otherwise. It's actually really... Uh, what's the term I'm looking for? I guess exciting. It's really exciting looking at this, looking at Space Dandy, looking at Kickheart, a lot of things that are like almost going Western first or Western as an equal standing ground as far as the market's concerned. And they're picking titles, I think, that appeal to Western markets. Space yeah. Dandy definitely was a uh, adult swim anime. Yeah. It just fit that group of people. Knights of Sidonia, different audience. I think it works well in the Netflix market because anybody can yeah. pick it up any Anytime you won't necessarily be limited by that 12.30 a.m. Yeah. time slot or 12 a.m. time slot. It was around there, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like 12.30, I think. 12.30, yep. see it. Yeah, I don't – for all of you out there on the Internet, I don't have cable TV anymore for a lot of different reasons, so I never That's... actually saw it streaming. But Yeah. Uh, the director is new, but there is a very experienced amount of voice cast behind him, so we should hear some really good voices. show is completely CG. I've actually read what's been scanlated at this point. It does have its interesting moments. We get uh, giant robots, space sci-fi, romantic drama, but there's not a strong, sometimes it happens here, harem element. It's definitely not there, but there's a uh, a little bit of vying for our main lead. Yeah. As far as um, space sci-fi is concerned, is that more like a political sci-fi or? Uh, or is it know. just it's us, a survi- versus them? us versus them more than anything? Uh and then there's some ethics in there in the end. As it gets farther along, there's some ethical things that you get to think about, but it's definitely us versus them combat. Yeah. Hmm. So our next one up, and one of the few game-esque ones we'll talk about today, although very shortly, Majin Bone. So Majin Bone is a digital card game project in Japan that they've made into an anime, uh, representative of some giant robot stuff. Got to say, I'm not all that up on it, but... Uh, Hey, you never know. Sometimes some of these card game things can turn out okay. Look at uh, Ikatsu, for those who like the... Oh, that's true. Uh, what's that? Oh, nothing. Sorry. Say it for those who like their their uh, game stuff. I don't know. Is there anything more we can really say about it? I would say there's, like, toy animation. As yep. soon as you see that, that's almost a red flag. 
for what sort of show you're going to get. <laughs> uh, you have, all right, not counting like um, Trappies, Kuchu Barango. Um, besides that, I can't think of one toy anime that was not really uh, like money fodder. Didn't I would say? Didn't uh, doesn't Toei do uh, pretty or Precure? That's Toei, isn't it? Fairly money fodder. Yep. I guess, but yeah, very true. Yeah. <laughs> so hey, there's lots of mecha shows this season, so plenty of stuff for those who enjoy it. Yeah. So the next anime I think is a Stockholm Syndrome. Even so, the world is beautiful. So this, this is the, the one. The title itself just sounds bad. Even if everything's terrible right now, life sucks <laughs> for you. The world's pretty nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So Nike or Nike, Nike, I guess that's how it's supposed to be pronounced, right? Yeah. The fourth princess of the rain dukedom and the one who holds the power to call forth the rain travels to the Sun Kingdom to marry the Sun King. Now, when she gets there, the Sun King is like a 10-year-old kid. She's an 18-year-old girl. She's not happy about it. He tells her to make it rain. She fights back. And then so on and so forth. The shoujo romance turns into love. Dun-dun-dun. Uh, it's hard to keep my lunch down. Yeah, I've... Oh. I don't know. It's Like, it's, Lolly's one thing. Like, in and of itself, that's terrible. But there's a market for it already. This is like it's trying to make the same sort of market or make it more... Uh, like, I realize there's the Shotokan market, but it's almost like they're trying to make it more popular, which I think is a terrible, terrible step. It's like, hey, I'm 18. Let me look at little 10-year-old boys. Yeah, the worst thing about That's this is just... Oh, say, keep going. Oh, I was just going to say, let's romanticize that. That's... No. Yeah. I mean, heck, the worst thing I saw was that they uh, they had all that misty edging and stuff like you see in the really corny romance shows. Oh. Just in the preview, and it was just like, ugh, ugh. Killing yeah, me. Even on the header image, it looks at the bottom, unless it was part of a part of something else. Yeah, it just has. I don't know. It's I have trouble with shoujo romances. I couldn't get through Golden Time. I mean, I yeah. just say I love you was. Uh, I mean, I don't. I don't delve in this very often. I can be completely yeah. wrong in this one, but just from what I'm previewed, not going to give it a chance. No, I'm not even going to look at it. But you know what? The next one. I do want to look at. Oh, man. Go for it. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, Stardust Crusaders, the third part. Um, I can't say anything about how excited I am about this, but it is a continuation of the previous series. Um, in a Japanese jail, you have Jotaro Kujo, a punk, a fighter, a delinquent, pretty much everything you can think about your stereotypical delinquent kid. But he's also possessed by some other force. Around the world, all these evil spirits are awakening, and we learn them as... Uh, we learned the name of them is Stans. These monstrous, invisible creatures which give their bears, these people like Jojo, like uh, Jotaro Kujo, give them all these incredible powers. So now to save his mom's life, he has to first find out how to tame his stand, find out how to use it, then travel around the world to Cairo, Egypt, where a hundred-year-old vampire, whom y'all probably already knew who it is, uh, thirsts for the blood of his family. But the road is long, an army of evil stand users also want to kill Jojo and his friends. Same team that did the first set of it, or, or actually, did you want to say something? No, go for it. Keep going. All right. Same team that did the first series, uh, David Production. Outside of JoJo, they really haven't had a whole lot of success. I believe they did Neptunia. But judging by the first series, I know that it's pretty much in good hands, best hands that it could have. Um, I'd say they did a great job with the first series. It definitely yeah. captured the essence of JoJo. Yeah, definitely with uh, the budget constraints as well. Yep. 
which, I mean, you could notice if you looked for it, but if you didn't, you could hardly see anything, which is fantastic. But um, just things to note, um, it's starting at uh, the last chapter of Volume 12 of the manga, going all the way through Volume 28. So unlike the first series, which, I mean, obviously only covered 12 volumes, this one's covering another, was that 16? 16 volumes. So we're not going to be getting another part, sadly, because the next part's actually one of my favorites. So interesting enough, Warner Brothers has bought into this as well. Ah. So maybe the budget's going to go up. You never know. That so, is true. I mean, we're seeing um, stateside. We're also getting the new JoJo fighting game soon. So it looks like they're definitely starting to put money into it and getting as a larger, uh, larger entity. Yeah. So there may there may be hope. We'll have to see. But yeah, if you saw the first the first uh, first run, you have to catch the second run. Bottom line. It's fantastic. The next one is our first original composition. So it's uh, a bone, uh, surprisingly a bones composition. So Captain Earth, we'll go through the description here real quick. One night right before summer vacation, a second year high school student sees a weird round rainbow floating in the sky above Seed Island and ventures there alone. Uh, he has seen this rainbow before with the memories of his father's mysterious death and encounter of a mysterious boy and girl. Daiji, who is our main character, arrives on the island while the alarm of a building labeled Earth Engine is going off. Someone asks him, are you a captain? Just as robotic intruders, intruders from Uranus called, well, I can't even say this right, Killed Gang arrive. The battle around the Shining Stars is about to begin. So you get an average boy, throw him in a giant robot, and have him conquer the universe. Every other one ever, but yeah, it works. There's, <laughs> there's, a lot, there's a lot of generic there. Yeah. So it's done by Bones, original composition. What makes this kind of interesting is the same team that did Star Driver, which... I don't know what your thoughts are. I'll say it. Star Driver is one of those ones that caught you off guard. Yeah. And Bones, you know, Bones did Space Dandy. They've done Tokyo Magnitude. And they did Eureka, Eureka 7 AO, which I got to say was a disappointment. But, but it's the same team from Star Driver. So you got to balance between what they've done right and what they've done wrong. Yeah, it's really looking at their original works and then building upon older original works. Like we have, uh, like Star Driver is obviously based upon a very old fable, the uh, the Little Prince. Yes. And things like Tokyo Magnitude, which are rooted in the world. Then you have Erika 7, which was based off of this super great show that everyone or a lot of people hold a lot of love for, and you can't really stand up to that. So so the director also had an involvement with Mushishi. So if anything, I think hopefully we get a little bit of the... Hopefully it just works out the way it should. Let's just put it yeah. that way. I don't know how else to describe it other than to say there's potential... That can be captured. Going by the PV, it definitely looks fantastic. It definitely has Bones' specific style. Yep. And, and it's exciting, I think. That's a high recommendation from both of us. Yes. The next one, uh, <laughs> we're back <laughs> down. Staff. We're just, yeah, we go from a high to a low. JC Staff, wonderful, right? So Dai Shogun, Great Revolution. It's the late Edo period. That's enough. It already <laughs> goes downhill from there. So just based on the preview and other kinds of uh, looks, can't say I get a lot. It's an original story, but the director's been known for things like freezing, Shakugan no Shana S. <laughs> my my thought is, you know, it looks like big boob physics for the most part, you know? Wait, let's um, – I think the description, we have to give it our all. We can't really just kind of shit on it or talk right. down about it. All right, go for it. In the late Edo period, Japan had experienced an unprecedented crisis by Kurofune, the ships from foreign countries. 
but a giant robot called Onigami, which has existed since ancient time. Dispelled the Kurofuna ships, and exclusion of foreigners was accomplished. Oh, hey, xenophobia. The story begins in Japan, where Meiji Restoration in 1868 did not happen. Doesn't that sound great? Yeah. <laughs> when the girl puts on that suit that looks like somebody painted it on her and she's bouncing everywhere, I just went, oh. Like, it was just... Basically a Taki XP. Yeah. I think there's going to, like I say in my things that know, I think it's going to be a lot of selectively placed light beams. Yes. Good, lots of mist here and there. Yeah, I... Uh, say Springs episode. Yeah. I don't have a lot of hope for this. I know it's an original story, but I just don't have a lot of hope. It's... No. Just the fact that the guy's directed <laughs> Freezing already put... <laughs> freezing... I know some people hold a lot of love for Shakugan uh, Noshana, but no thanks. Eesh. See what happens. Yeah, I think that's the final judgment. Eesh, maybe. So, the next one, though, another original story. Uh, it's got some interesting back stuff, backstory to it. So, Selector Infected... Is it Wixos? I think Wixos. Wixos. So, Wixos... Wixos. So, Wixus is a card game that's popular with teenagers. Supposedly, there exist ruling cards, female character cards to bills of their own. Special girls can hear the voices of the rulings, and those who possess them are called selectors. The selectors have card battles in a dimension that other humans cannot access. It is said that whoever triumphs in these battles will have their wish granted. Uh, we, the story follows the girl who's the latest one to find a ruling card. So, it's J.C. Staff. Uh, the... Uh, director's done Steins Gate and Just Say I Love You or Say I Love You. It's an original story by Mario Kata. Oh. Or at least an original story where she's doing the scripts. But Mario yeah. Kata has her hands in this one, which always polarizes people. Yeah. Huh. So I really don't know what to think of this. I know. The director did a great job with Steins Gate. But then, you know, you never know what you're going to get with Mario Kata. Yeah. I can't say I'm a hater or a lover. She's just kind of been there for me. Yeah, it just kind of puts interest in the show, which either is dispelled in the first episode or keeps you going till the end. Now, the one downside I have to all this is a card. It's based on a card game or a card game theme. Yeah. I don't know how prevalent the card game theme is, just based on the preview. The yeah. preview tries to make everything very edgy, some creative cuttering, dark, dark here and there, and the music. But if, if it's centered around card battles, you're going to lose me in a heartbeat. Yeah, but if it's actually somehow if they turn that into a uh, a growing up story or something like that, it might might hold water, I think. Or just some decent combat. True. Instead of people slapping cards on their wrist and going, "I release you, Pokemon." <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Sorry. I joke with my son about Pokemon all the time. I I apologize to all the people who are Pokemon fans out there, but my son has like two hundred, three hundred, four hundred plus cards, something like that now, and. Every day I get a, every day on wherever we drive someplace I get a thirty minute speech on stuff. So I like to just tease him back. So for those of you, just take it with a grain of salt. But card game stuff just doesn't excite me. <laughs> but it's an original story. It's not based on any existing card game, so there's no baggage to carry in. I don't know. We'll just have to see. There's nothing really that we can really guess at this point. Yep. Here, go ahead and grab the next one. Well, this isn't very befitting me, because I actually never saw the original Mushishi, and everyone can hate me for that right now. I was going to say, I have to join you in that I never finished. Ah. I remember getting about halfway through, and for whatever reason, it's one of those ones where I put down to go do something else and just never 
picked it back up. So I'm not 100% qualified as well. <laughs> From what I did see, though, quality. Like, yes. it definitely it focuses more on the drama and the experience rather than overly flashy graphics or um, scenes. Plot, really. Yeah. But it definitely it, it works to make you think. It works to make you experience. And it, it, it it's one of those shows that people like to say brings feels. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's by Art Lennon Aniplex. This is the second season, a continuation of the previous season. It's actually going to be split into two quarters over the spring and fall. Or spring and, yeah, spring and fall. So they're skipping the summer, I guess, yep. for production yep. issues? Or? As, I don't know. As I understand it, it's just maybe that's not correct anymore, but the last bits I got were they were splitting the quarters in half with a summer break. Nice. So I... All I can say is, based on what I've seen from the first series, it's a definite wash. If you enjoy a show that is more about your emotions than your adrenaline. I've seen two episodes of the original series. Everything I saw, I loved. So, I guess that's good. (laughs) I can't really speak well of it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The next one, though, I I do know a little bit about. The Irregular at Magic High School. Have you read this manga? No, I've not, actually. Okay, so there's like 20-some-odd chapters that have been scanlated online. Hmm. So, magic is a product of neither legends nor fairy tales, but instead has become a technology of reality since a time unknown to people. Supernatural powers became technology systemized through magic, while magic became a technical skill. A supernatural power user became a magic technician. Magic technicians are nurtured through magic high schools and universities. So this is a story about a magic high school where technology and magic are all kind of intermixed. Actually, sounds like right off the bat, sounds like a really cool world building in that. The world is interesting. Whether it kind of fails, to be honest, yeah, it's got some harem elements. Obviously, yeah, right? High school the image. There's a little brocon siscon thing going on. Uh, I know, I know. It, this the story has its roots in light novels. Yeah. I've only read the manga part. I have not read the light novel. But you're right. The world is cool. There's some good combat. There's some interesting things. The reason they call him the irregular is he does not fit into... So there's him and his sister, right? His sister's the genius, and he supposedly is the failure, the irregular, right? They both go to high school together. So whenever you go to high school, you're split into two groups, those who are power users and those who are not. So she goes in with the power user group. He goes in with the weakling group. And then things go from there, right? So he's the, he's supposedly not very strong, but he gets, you know what I mean? And then he gets yeah, some hidden power that, oh my god, he's amazing. Yeah. You get, yeah. you get where this is going, right? Yeah. So, that's where what it's at. What excites me more than anything is, um, we have Studio Madhouse and Aniplex, and assuming what group in Madhouse is doing this, and I can't really speak on the director I haven't, I don't recognize Manabu Ono, but I think more than anything that excites me in the actual world. Everything. <coughs> <coughs> Goodness. Everything else can take a back seat if those are okay. Yeah, and so Manabu Ono, while we're sitting here, I'll look him up again. What did he do? I had gone through and and referenced some of his stuff, but I didn't think I didn't find anything that interesting. So he did some work on A Channel, Helsing, uh Horizon. Director he Oh he he did the second season, that's what it was. He did the second series in a horizon in the middle of nowhere. I can't speak much of that because I watched two episodes of... <laughs> uh, he's also done Saki. He was the director in all three Saki TV series. Director of Transformer Cybertron. Yeah. Though that doesn't really paint any pictures for us. I know. There's there's not a lot of 
work to go on here. It's all over the place. Yeah. A lot of it is an assistant. You know, people trying to get their name in there, right? Yeah. So it's really going to be hard to say. <sighs> I, mean, I see. I see a lot of harems. <clears throat> I see a lot of harem stuff in here, like a channel. I see. Uh, what was the other one I saw? But he was a key animator in Neon Genesis Evangelion. Yeah. He did storyboards like, for Samurai Seven. And he was. He did storyboards for Quasar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, but only for the opening, really, and then episode oh, yeah, nine. Right. So he didn't have much to do with the overall plot in that one. Yeah. I don't know. He, his background is an animator. He's moved up the ranks into doing storyboards, and now he's doing directing. So if anything, that's actually that bodes well for the actual animation and the look of the show. Yeah. If that is his backing. So, yeah, me, I'll have an eye toward quality, hopefully. But there it is, guys. Take it for what it is. It's got potential, but the underlying faults could sink it. Oh, and then the next one. I'll take this one. <laughs> Go for it. Oh, and actually, this is a bit difficult to pronounce. Dime Dollar. Dime Dollar? Close enough for me. I don't know. Dime Dollar, the sound robot. There's a high school boy named Mandanbashi Koichi who has high arrow particles. <laughs> <laughs> the power source to operate the robotic weapon, Diamond Dollar. With the help of a girl from the mysterious Prince Beauty Parlor organization, he stands up against the Penguin Empire that troubles humanity. So the main enemy in all this is a man dressed in a penguin suit. So this whole thing is supposed to, it's, it's supposed to be a giant giant robot comedy. The animation definitely lacks in places. Um, character design seems to. Character design is definitely on the arrow side. Again, I think we're going to see lots of well-placed mist and light beams. Yep. <sighs> lots of perverted moments. Yeah. I don't know. That's all I can give it. Yeah. I have. I didn't. It just the preview alone made me say, eh, "I'm not going to bother reading the, any of the manga to try to see anything more." Ah, it's a just thumbs, looking at it. It's a thumbs it's down be, for me. Yeah, it's going to be one of those shows that was on. You might watch couple episodes and it's gone never yep. to be heard of again yep yep that's it for me man no thanks give it a, give it a look on the preview guys if you don't like it you pro if you don't like the preview you're probably not gonna like the show but the next one just a bit interesting i'll give it that it has it has potential so this is brunhilder in the darkness or brunhilder in the darkness so it starts with uh, a young boy who had a friend named kuroneko who was obsessed with proving aliens uh, in her effort to prove aliens to him, she dies, and he is completely shattered. But then, when he's in high school, a girl transfers into his classroom who just so happens to look just like his friend that died, plus her name, almost exactly Kuroneko. Huh. And then, from there, the two get involved in their hijinks and plots. So, I read the first chapter of the manga. Has potential. Where I think this goes downhill is that it's done by arms. So, yeah, aliens, I really don't know what to think of it, yeah. honestly. So you got aliens, magical girl, and a childhood love lost. And throw in there, there might be a time paradox, because in the first chapter of the manga, she saves his life by warning him by hearing about the future through what looks like a portable radio. So, ARMS is doing this. They've got a history of the big boob fighting anime. I don't know, man. I. It's just going to be one of those things that you kind of have to take it check it out, but 
really there's nothing we can guess at this point. Yeah, the first three, yeah, the mango starts out kind of bloody. There's definitely some action, some combat, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm reserving judgment on this. It's definitely going to get a three-episode test for me. Yeah. I don't think I can do much more than that. The director is known for doing a lot of different stuff. Actually, a lot of the same stuff that our previous director did. He was on Horizon Below Nowhere, Nowhere doing storyboards. Um, he was the animation director on a Hunter Hunter OVA, so we know there's some action in there. He did the Strike Witches movie as uh, assistant animation director and key animation director. Yep. So it's... I think that we're not going to have a problem with action. Yeah. I think what we're going to have a problem with is if the animation direction goes to more of the boobs and butts rather than focusing on characters and other things. You know what I mean? Which, honestly, I think that's what it's going to go for. In typical arms fashion, when she's talking, all you're going to see is from her shoulders down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. We'll see. We'll give we'll give it a chance, but I don't have the faith in it. I don't believe it to be the one to save anime. <laughs> not That's a good way of putting it. Not a chance, <laughs> especially when the assistant studio is called Vap. <laughs> uh, I have nothing to say on that. <laughs> all right, so our next one, we kind of get into our first true heartfelt drama. So I don't know if you've seen this one yet. I've looked into heard a this little one. bit about it. This one, one I definitely want to look into. Yeah, so yeah. One Week Friends, done by Brainbase. So high schooler Yuki Hase notices that his classmate Kaori Fujimiya is always alone and seemingly has no friends. After approaching her, she reveals that she loses her memory every Monday. Despite learning this, Yuki endeavors to become her new friend each week. So this kind of reminds me, the plot kind of reminds me of the Adam Sandler movie. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> and not for nothing, this isn't, it's not my manliest point, but that movie definitely hit me hard. Like, tears in the eyes, like, oh, man. I don't think Adam Sandler got enough credit for that one, because he did a good job yeah. with mixing comedy with some genuine, you know what I mean, genuine yeah, uh, exactly. romance. Really well done. Yeah, so I get well, a lot of that vibe from this. Uh one thing I noted is that the say you on this, lots of fresh voices. Yeah. We're going to hear some people we've never heard before. So I think that's going to help overcome some of the stereotypes we get, like if Ohana Kano was doing this. Yeah. You know what I mean? We automatically project certain character archetypes on her because of her voice. Yes, exactly. Yeah. The directors had involvement with Gurren Logon, Eureka 7, and some of Star Driver. Ooh. Yeah, so there's, I mean, there's um, some potential there. While all three of those are action series, and this is more of a drama... At least it's somebody who knows how to direct. Yeah. If this is a lot like Nagi Asukara, though, I think I'm going to be a bit put off. Like, I'm not... Well, come on, that show was so angsty teen drama. But, 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 but it was like, I don't know, it, I found it very endearing. Oh, I watched six episodes, and I was like, oh, is she going to cry every episode? And I was oh, just yes. like, oh, I know. Isn't that how you make your audience love your characters? Yes. <laughs> so if it, this is going to be that, I'm out. I got it, yeah. guys. I'm sorry. I'm out. But if it's really just some genuine friendship and romance, you know, something that not not one tree, see, not one tree hill, corny, but maybe or I don't know, it has potential. Did you give the uh, preview a look? Uh, that I did. Yes. So it's got some good visuals too. Yeah. Well, definitely, if you have that director, it's going to have at least some sort of uh, what's where I'm looking for. Uh, actually just cut all that. I don't know what I was going for. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd say I give it a three-shot test, you know. Give it three yeah. episodes, see if you like it. The next one, 
I don't know for sure. And this one, I couldn't actually find what the source material was. I'm a terrible person. But in 20, it's Black Bullet. In the year 2021, mankind was defeated by a parasitic virus, and it's forced to live within a wall made of monoliths. Soon, cursed children, people that were born with part of that virus in them that are able to control it, arrive, and they have superhuman abilities. So this is about some of the kids that have those superhuman abilities and what they do. Yeah. They work for, yeah, so they work for civil security, police, things like that. Uh, the studios are relatively small. Uh, Kanema Citrus has been involved with Tokyo Magnitude to date. Orange was involved with Majestic Prince, but neither were the lead studio. Yes. The director on this did storyboards for Mysterious Girlfriend X, which kind of seems out uh, of place. Yeah. I would like to point out, though, that, um, something that does scare me is that a lot of these, like, due to the virus's intervention, the cursed children could only be female. It just, it gives me that vibe of, hey, this is going to turn into a harem. Anytime you have something that can be only male or only female, it turns into that. I want to say, also, this virus called Gastrea, am I the only one getting, like, gastrointestinal vibes <laughs> off that? <or? laughs> so, this guy was the series, or the director for Monster. He did some other stuff not so well-known. Animation director for Sakura Wars. Hmm. So this guy's been around for almost 30 years directing in different things. He's been animation director, storyboard otters. I don't know what to make. So take it for what it is. Looking like it'll be solid. Looking like it'll be solid, but you're right. The harem element, when only one person can be involved, kind of makes it iffy. Yeah. The next one, though, should tickle your funny bone if you're into arrow hijinks. So the comic artist and his assistants. Hey. A life description about the mangaka Aito Yuki and his assistant, I'm going to push this, Ashisu? Ashishu? <laughs> uh, I can't, I, the S-H-I always screws me. Yeah. Aito doesn't understand the feelings of the characters in his story, so he asks his assistant to help him. Now, she would do anything for the work, even let him t- let him touch her breast so he will know what it feels like. Uh, this is a four coma. Yeah. It's all about a guy trying to understand women, but it always turns arrow on him. This actually reminds me of... Uh, oh, what was the name of it? It was the Stojin series, and it was the naughty bed, or the naughty kind, but it was basically you have this female mangaka in that position, like, oh my god, I can't write all this porno manga without knowing what this is like. How can I draw this face? And having that sort of history really turns me off from this. Just, it, I know. I don't I do not do well on these kind of series, especially when there's just... This reminds me of like a two-love hot. you know what I mean? Yeah. But the whole point is for him to fall into people's crotches. Yeah. So, I thought that was the point of all anime, but... <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna give it another pass. Yeah, no thanks. The next one, though, uh, I think we've got another chance here. So oh M- goodness, M3. What's that? Oh, I was gonna say I'll take it if you want. Oh, go for it. All right, we got M3 Sonokuroki Hagane. There's a distorted, deep blackness everywhere. That place in which blackness swallowed everything and took away everything has been known as the Avidya Zone. Strange beings assume the very form of despair and the chaos of humanity. They are known by this name, Imashime. An expedition survey to the Avidya Zone, which consumes human spirits. Oh, 
an expedition surveys the Vidya Zone, which consumes <laughs> human spirits. So in the intricate intersection between the present and impending crisis and the destiny of the past, can eight boys and girls assemble to confront the Imashima and find the bright future that lies before the Avidya Zone? I... So, so the director has written manga before. He's teamed up with Mario Kata. It's an original huh. story. It looks pretty. It's got some robots. It looks like yeah. there might be some teen drama. Uh, it's done by Satellite and Flying Dog. Neither of which I can put name to a show. Yeah, they're not they're not known for a lot of great shows. Yeah. I mean Satellite has been what? I'm trying to think of what Satellite even has done. They've yeah. done uh oh AKB forty eight, that's right. Oh that okay, okay. I think highly of them now. And they've done Nobunaga the Fool recently, White Album Two. Oh, log okay, sorry, Satellite I do remember now. Light yeah, Log Horizon. They've done a lot of stuff recent. Macross Frontier. It was the other one, Flying Dog. That's the one that I have. They did something. They've not been all that spectacular. They did the opening of Excel World. Who, Flying Dog? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they helped produce Katora-san. Uh, they did production for Okami-san and her seven companions. But they've always production been in the background. Production of Quasar. So, well, Satellite's done some good works recently. Actually, and in the past, too. Let's give them all the credit. Yeah. I don't know how... I think they've got the capability, but is the plot going to match? Yeah. Is the plot going to carry them, or are they carrying the plot? Either way, it's not... You don't have a strong end on either side that you can trust. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, they even do... Yeah, they even did AVOL. That's right. i got to give Satellite more credit than it's worth. Now that I'm going back and looking over what they did... I think satellite's not going to be the issue. I think it's going to be directing and story. I think it'll look good. I think it'll be good. I think it could be good, but it has to be, I don't know. A fresh director is not a good start. Yeah. Hey, it's now we're... when they jumped off a of manga. Yeah. Now we're into our Noitanama A slots. Animation backwards shows. Yes. Yes. I've always said Noitamina. Noitamina. I like to butcher yeah. it. That's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could do that with... Oh, no, not with the next one. No, this one is Nana Nana's Buried Treasure. Nana Nana's Buried Treasure. I gotta say... Three Nas. Huh? Three Nas. Three Nas yeah. Like, dura ra 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 Now we have Nana Nana Nana. Give a second season. What's that? No. That's right. Dura no. got a second season thing. Yes, it did. I'm very happy about that. But that's... That'll be what? This year? I believe this year. Hopefully it's more like the first half than the second half of the yes. original series. Yes. So, Nananana's Buried Treasure. The story centers around the tr- the treasure of Nanana, a ghost who was once a beautiful but neat girl. N-E-E-T. A boy named who, uh, Jugo was disowned by his father and forced to transfer to high school on the special student zone, an artificial island, with only 40,000 yen a month to live on. 400 bucks? Eh. Or 40... Yeah. Ugo chooses a little red apartment that happens to be haunted by na 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 na. Sorry, I, I gotta say it that way. I don't know why. It just cracked me. Ugo and members of the school's adventure club join a treasure hunt royale on the island to search for her treasure that possesses a mysterious power. So this is a light novel adaptation. It doesn't strike me as being the kind of show they put in this block. Yeah. At the same time, like, the PV really didn't give it away. It really didn't make it look very good. 
But oh, it didn't at all. Was, no. I mean, maybe the plot can actually expand a little bit and sound nice. Like, going off of just the plot, it sounds very generic, but also has room to grow. As far as, like, what do we do with this group of kids that, is, that are looking for this collection? I mean, if it's very character-focused, it could be very good and fit in the way that made it feel. But, eh. So, the light novel did win an Interbrain Entertainment Award, but cool. so did Kokoro Connect. Uh. <laughs> So the director, though, has done good things like Bunny Drop, but then did that uh, harem hijink show, Or I Know Kanojo. Uh, it's A1 Pictures. I don't know. It, this could yeah, go that either. doesn't bode very well. No, it could go either way, but I don't. I think this is going to be another, not as bad, but it's going to be another uh, Guilty Crown. I wish it was as bad as Guilty Crown. <laughs> yeah. so you want oh we have a new sunrise anime you want to tackle this one yeah i actually uh the new anime it's only a five minute uh type show flash animated it's actually Keroro. um i watched some 200 episodes of the original series but just to start off sergeant Keroro and his platoon have been sent to the planet pekopon which we know is earth to gather intel for his planet's invasion force However, after a crash landing, he's split from his comrades and forced to take shelter in the home of the Hinata family. The two youngest members of this family find or find him, take away his advanced weaponry, and now stand as the only line of defense between safety and their planet's destruction via frog aliens. Um, despite the sound of the show, it's actually very, very silly, and it really did push Gun- Gunpla a lot, the original series. But overall, I enjoy it. It's super, super silly. Um, a lot of building between the different the five different frogs. I'm a little, like, antsy about how they're going to handle this, though. I mean, judging from the manga, you can't really take one chapter and compress that into five minutes. So I don't know what they're really going to do in that sort of time slot, even counting in a 30-second opening and ending. 30-second? Like, if they didn't like Poyo Poyo, it was a minute 30 front and back. Oh, goodness. I'm basing mine off of, um... Oh, what was that Was one? it TQ? Was that the one yeah. that was a shorty? TQ and the recent one about the the slacker boy in class. That was some 30 seconds, I believe. Oh, Tonari no Seikikun. Yes, thank Seke- you. Seikikun. See, I can never remember those things. But overall, um, you're going to see a lot of people reprising their roles. Pretty much every single person from the original voice staff is reprising their role, save for the voice actor of the main, uh, or sorry, the son of the Hinata family since the original did pass. Um, other than that, it's... I don't know, I'm kind of excited, but I'm also a little apprehensive about it. The director really hasn't done much. He did the, um, the, uh, the Hokoto no Ken, uh, DD series, like the little cutesy chibi, I guess is the right word for it. Gotcha. Flash movie series. Um, he's done a lot of other things kind of like that. So I guess it's in good hands if that's what you like. But it's, I don't know, hmm. a little apprehensive. I know nothing about this, so I'm glad you do, but yeah, maybe it's something I'll, I'll test on my four-year-old and see how she likes it. Oh, she'll probably enjoy it. I mean, I think the original, she probably would. So the next series I do know a little bit about because I did watch the original release, but that's Broken Blade or Breakblade. So this uh, release of Breakblade is based on the... It's, it's, bro- it's taking the original six movies? Yeah, six films. Six films, breaking them down, and adding some new content. Um... The way, hopefully, they kind of revise the content because the way they finished out the movies wasn't all that great. But generally speaking, Breakblade is about a a person who cannot access this world's power, which is Quartz. He he can't will Quartz to do his bidding, which means he can't operate any of the machinery or 
electronics, quote-unquote, of his day. So that makes him kind of an outcast. Uh, one day, the country he lives in finds a giant mecha that only he can power, and his story goes from there. He becomes the protector of his country. Uh, production ID G and Zebek. This is based on a fairly long-running manga. So if you haven't seen the original series, now's your time to catch it up in much smaller chunks. It was definitely, I don't want to say difficult to keep up with the film each time, but I definitely have found myself dozing off at certain bits. I know the shorter time slot will help with that. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully they can keep the action going and keep things yeah. better. But it's, it's, I think it's really well done. There's no harem yeah. hijinks. Um, the action was pretty good. I, I think it's great. I mean, overall, it was definitely one of my favorite things to come out that year. I believe that year, I think it was falling up. Catch at one was the big OVA of the year prior. <laughs> <laughs> and if you've never seen that, it is fantastic. The name sounds bad, but um, it's basically bunnies using correct combat moves. Or I, I can describe that better. But um, basically, Breakblade was really, really good. If you're really into like military strategy and watching things like that, It'll definitely wow you in certain points without being overbearing and saying, hey, we're doing this because, or anything like that. Hmm. All right, so the next one, actually, for some reason I thought this was a mistype, but it's not. We get another Monogatari this season. Yes, we do, but I think saying this season is kind of throwing us off a little bit, because it doesn't actually start until the end of May. So it's kind of at the end of the season, kind of bleeding over into next season. Which was an odd choice, but probably that way they kind of get their shot in the spotlight, you know? Yeah. I mean, where everything else is waning down, suddenly we have this new hotness to watch. Yep, yep. So, if you've never seen Monogatari, you're probably not going to start here. If you have seen Monogatari, you're going to get all excited for this. But it's based on just uh, Suruga's arc, if I remember right. Yes. Um, It's her second arc, I believe. There was Suruga Monkey, and now there's Suruga Devil. Um, basically, this is set after Araragi and Sinjikahara, and um, pretty much their entire crew graduates from high school. Uh, it's featuring, again, Suruga. She overhears a rumor that another devil, like her rainy devil that was possessing her at one time, she hears a rumor that another devil is running around solving people's problems. She thinks that it could possibly be her, so she decides to investigate. From there on, she finds out um, basically who it is and what they're doing and carries on in Monogatari fashion. Basically, I mean, without spoiling too much about it. Yeah, so I think we'll uh, we'll kind of leave it at that. Yeah, Shaft, Shinbo, everything you expect. Pretty much. Yeah. So this next one, I originally wasn't going to throw it in the preview, <coughs> but uh, <laughs> but yeah, you've uh, you've managed to interject it in there. Soul Eater, not. The main reason I did was not so much my love for Soul Eater, which was really fairly entertaining for its time. But I've actually, I hear a lot of people talking about it, so I think it would do it injustice if we didn't uh, throw it in. But basically, the um, the Meister Academy is a special institution for humans who are born with the power to turn into weapons and the wielders of those weapons. So while the students that are good are thrown into one certain class, the EAT or E class, and the not class are for those that really can't fight, that just want to control their powers and not hurt themselves, hurt others. Because, I mean, if you can turn into a scythe, and then you randomly do that, you can chop off an arm or something. <laughs> <laughs> but we have a girl who's a halberd who takes part in this class with um, two other people, two meisters. Uh, and from there, it's basically, hey, we're having our daily school life hijinks. And, hey, here's this other character from the other series that you liked. So so is this 
Is it supposed to be a Yuri show? I don't think so. I think it's the more cute girls you can cram in, the more people like it. Gotcha. It's done by Bones, which we all know about Bones. Yep. Uh, you've got here listed that the directors did Tari Tari and Conqueror of Shambhala. Yeah, and it was also a episode director storyboard for a lot of other shows. As far as directing, those were the only two notable ones he did. Okay. You've even got it. This might be his breakout work. I would guess. I mean, just looking at everything else he's done, and either it didn't do well or it was just something that wasn't well-known. If you're jumping on a long-going manga like this that was already built off of a fairly popular property, it might actually propel him into something better. I mean, I actually really enjoyed the direction of Conqueror of Shambhala, even if it was based on probably the weaker of the two Fullmetal Alchemists. So, I mean, we'll have to see what happens. I'm probably not going to give it much time. It'll get maybe two episodes to wow me, but... Gotcha. Okay. Fair enough. So, we've got our next uh, special time slot show. Oh, goodness. Ping Pong. <laughs> the animation. Oh, goodness. <laughs> <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Nothing at all. Just how much I love uh, Misaki Yuasa. So much so that I blew some $200 on his Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> so, was this Kickstarter or not? Oh, oh, no, no, not no Kickheart. 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 Yeah, Kickheart. Kickheart. It was the same guy that did Kickheart. And, um, yeah, 15-minute OVA, $200 worth it. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, Ping Pong the Animation is based of a fairly, uh, I don't want to say fairly popular, but it's definitely in that middle ground. We got uh, Makoto Suikimoto uh, with the nickname Smile. He's a quiet high schooler who's friends with a loud and energetic kid named Yukata Hoshina, nicknamed Peko. They've both known each other since they were young kids. They're both in the local table tennis or ping pong club and have a natural talent for it, although Smile's personality always enables them from winning against Peko. Club teacher, however, notices Smile's talent and tries to make him gain some sport of tenacity. Starting off, the uh, the description doesn't do it much justice because it makes it sound like it's super, super focused on the ping pong. And while that is a large focus of it, it only serves as a... I would say a catalyst for the actual character growth in the show. So I guess it's more uh, like so you, character drama disguised as sports anime. So do we get a special relationship then between like the teacher and the student? We see some character interaction there? Yeah. Okay. Definitely between him and definitely growing between the two boys. Good. So this is probably the one show I will watch in this time slot this season. I think it looks... I think it's got potential for me. Good directing, good, good base plot. We just needs to all come together. And also pointing out, uh, Misaki Yuasa, outside of Kickheart, which he did most recently, you have to remember, he is the director behind Kaiba, behind Kimono Zume, behind Cat Soup, the Tatami Galaxy, and he has a lot of stuff behind him. So, if you've probably liked any of those, or enjoy his art style or anything like that, you'll definitely enjoy it, I think. Gotcha. I, I give this a thumbs up. I probably will try to watch as much of it as I can. We'll just have to see if it pans out. Yeah. And we've got a couple different afterthoughts. The reason I'm calling these afterthoughts is I'll give them a little bit of credit, but honestly, I didn't bother to look up the director or... After reading the plot synopsis, I didn't bother to look up the director or studio. <laughs> so we've got Blade and Soul and Dragon R Academy. So Blade and Soul is an adaptation of an MMORPG from Korea. <sighs> Game adaptations can tend to flop for me. I think Persona yeah. 4 is the last one I saw that I thought of had any reasonable quality. Plus, when you look at the character designs, it's big boob girls fighting. So, two strikes, right? Yes. I've got nothing other than that. And a fantastic name of Blade and Soul. 
Yep. The next one, you're going to love this plot, guys. Dragonar Academy. Ash is a student at Dragon Academy, attended by children who have formed contracts with dragons. He possesses the star mark, the sign of a contract, but since his partner hasn't been born yet, he seems insignificant. The awakening of the dragon he's raising inside his body is triggered by an incident, and it emerges in the form of a young girl. <sighs> yeah, then you take a look at the, the, the image that represents the plot, and there's only two boys on the entire picture. I'm guessing one of the two is the enemy because he's got a red streak in his hair. <laughs> and You know what I mean? Yeah. It's a light novel adaptation. You know, generic boy gets lucky by having a beautiful girl fall onto his lap. She's already tied to him at this point. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, that's all I'm giving that. Don't worry, guys. Girlfriends are easy. <laughs> Dude, 90% of getting a chick to like you is just walking up and talking to her. What? And not being no. a complete douchebag. No. What? But 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 my friend zone. Your friend zone. <laughs> Good grief. You know what? This okay. is the one. Here, I'll give you one piece of otaku dating advice for those of you who are not married or not in any sort of relationship or have never been in one. Girls like, like, I don't know what's way to put, put this. They want a guy who's confident in who he is and is not afraid to come up and talk to them. You're going to see plenty of beautiful women with guys that are completely not in their league. Simply because the guy had the balls in a party to be the one person who walked up to her and said, hey, how you doing? And had a normal conversation with her. So yeah, take that, it for what it is, Oh, my guys. God, you're so pretty. You're so nice. Oh, my God, how do you do all these things? Let me put you on a pedestal. Yes. No, you just walk up. You're like, hey, how you doing? Try and make her laugh. Talk normally, be a normal person. Exactly. Which so, might be that's, some people. This, yeah. So this kind of pandering anime always just kind of makes me go, "What the fuck?" All right. So that's it, man. We hit them all up. I know. So, any shows really going to catch your eye this season? Looking through it, all I am super, super excited for, and I will watch to the end, even if they're terrible. Are probably Captain Earth. Uh, we got JoJo. We got Break Blade. We got Monogatari. And we have obviously ping pong. Yeah, for me, I'll say keep going. That was it. Say Knights of Sidonia. Uh, I'll do, I'll do JoJo, Captain Earth. I'll give, I'll give the two Mario Kata shows a chance. Yeah. Uh, Irregular, just because I've written read the, uh, the the manga adaptation of the light novel. I'll probably avoid Mushishi or at least download it to watch when I get done with um, the first one. The first one. I'm gonna probably try a lot here. Brunhild and One Week Friends. I'll try. Yeah. Well, I'm probably going to, I think I'll probably just wait and see on those as far yeah. as work's concerned. It's viable. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think there's lots of anime. I just don't know how much, how much quality we're going to get out of this season. Yeah. It's a lot easier to just sit back and just sit on Twitter and be like, all right, what's everyone talking about? Yep. And then just go from there. And let's hope, hopefully Thursdays are still the day to watch anime because there's been a lot of great shows coming out on Thursdays. Yeah. I think JoJo's supposed to be a Thursday. Nice. I know. I haven't looked at the actual schedule. I need to do that. Uh, the 4th, actually, that's a Friday. JoJo's going to be a Friday. Ooh. Very nice. Definitely. All right, so that's it. This is uh, Joe Animated and... Acostas. Signing off. Toodles.